Hi, this is Neil Curran, and you're listening to the Neil Plus One podcast. On this week's episode, oh, this one was such a scream to record. Uh, I was in California earlier in the year during some horrendous weather, uh, the likes of which California haven't seen for decades. And I was fortunate enough to get a chance to play in the inaugural Jeff and Friends show at the American Improv Theatre. So afterwards, I had a chat with the theatre owner, Jeff Ringold, and also with uh, teachers and performers at the theatre, uh, both Amy Shank and Chris Sherland. And this really was a scream to record it. So I do hope you enjoy it. Hello, and welcome to Neo Plus One, the podcast. I'm here in sunny San Jose, <laughs> California. <laughs> And, there, and I'm joined here by... I've got a room of people here. This is another one of those late-night podcasts. Uh, so I'm going to get the people in the room to introduce themselves. Ladies first. <coughs> uh, hello, my name is Amy Shank. And I am on this late-night podcast in <laughs> sunny San Jose. <laughs> I'm Jeff Ringgold, and I own American Improv Theater. That's where we are. <laughs> and I am Chris Sherland, and I'm one of the players at American Improv Theater, where we are. <laughs> I'd add one more specific detail about where we are. Sunny San Jose. It's <laughs> <laughs> not today. Sunny, windless San Jose. That's right. I, that's all I ask for when I come to California is a blue sky, <laughs> sunshine, and being able to go into Jeff's green room without having to put a coat on. <laughs> so to give context, context to, to the people listening in, uh, we are in actually sunny San Jose in California, but uh, the, 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 the state has been plagued by storms <laughs> for the past two weeks, which coincidentally has coincided with my trip here. <laughs> so I've had one day of sunshine, and that was in L.A., uh, and everything else has been like Ireland. So if you stay long enough, it'll end the drought. <laughs> I think it's already ended the drought. Uh, kind of sort of. No one talks about it anymore. So yeah, 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 it's blown over. But given California's history, it's going to be another five, six years before That's it. it rains. <laughs> so, Jeff, this is your theater. Yes. I love the backstory to this theater. Uh, the the building itself. Yes. <laughs> it was. It was a. This was a card room for the brothel next door. <laughs> so this is where all the gambling and the shooting and the whatever happened. And then in a, I guess after after the madam retired, she retired to a house around the corner that still exists. Apparently, she died in the eighties. Um, uh, this this became a, a place where they did bootleg. So there's tunnels underneath the building, which are sinking the entire building. <laughs> so if you stand in certain certain sections outside, they're sunk down because you, there's a tunnel system that goes out into the parking lot where. That's what, and that's where they used to hide the booze. And I've been in the tunnels. They're really cool. They're, they're rather, it's, it's almost like you're on an episode of Hogan's Heroes down there. <laughs> <laughs> that's almost terrifying. Cause if they were killing people here, there's probably yes. bodies in those tunnels. Well, the, 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 the brothel next door that still exists, it's now a, a clothing store, is haunted. Apparently there's a woman in white that wanders around. What? And, yeah, that's why, that's why the... Uh, that's why the turnover rate is so high. People stay there for about two years and go, we can't handle that woman walking around. Wait, <laughs> are you... I'm sorry. <laughs> Did we talk about that? totally serious. There's a woman in white. That's why when I turn off all the lights outside, I refuse to look over there because I'm terrified to see her. <laughs> I go, no, no, no. If I see her, I'm not going to ever want to be here again. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow, that set a tone. <laughs> so, about that comedy Cheers. stuff. <laughs> Wait, so have multiple people moved out because of the woman in white? Yes. Why yes. haven't I heard? I've been here so late at night by myself so many times. Don't look in the windows. Stop. You're seeing me now. I don't want to go, but I want to leave. Oh, that's so that's spooky. That's kind of terrifying. I love that. I love that, but I also don't love that. I, I love that objectively, but I hate that. Like for myself because I'm spooked now. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's the experience would be so much richer when you're here, though. You have a whole new level of emotion. <laughs> yes, there will be fear underlying everything. <laughs> yes, exactly. Was it the wind? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, we could we could kind of give Jeff a complex and say she would haunt here, but she thinks the improv standards aren't high enough. <laughs> <laughs> he hates all that improv shit that's going on. I already know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that, that's incredible. I didn't know the haunted bit. That's, that's incredible. But you, so you, how long has American Improv Theater been open? Uh, our our two year anniversary is next month. Wow. Yeah, so we've been around for uh, almost two years. 
Scotland, yeah. and you also have an improv festival. Yes, we we that was one of our main things when we started. We decided we're going to be the the first one in the real in the South Bay, the San Jose area, to have a a big festival. Our main goal was when we started the theater was to create a community which didn't exist. There's so many people here, and there's little pockets of improv everywhere. So we thought by starting this theater to create a place where everybody came, everyone you know, got together, everyone got to know each other. And so regardless of whether you were doing improv you know, across town or, or in a different city close by, that we all knew each other and that we all kind of got to know each other as friends and, and we fed off each other and taught each other and things like that. And so we thought, well, the only way to do that really solidly is to have an improv festival. So that was the whole main reason for having the festival. So, and last year was the first year, and you're doing it again this year. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. a, a, a vote of confidence by the, the CEO of the <laughs> Yeah. And so, every, everyone in this room will, everyone in this room will probably be a teacher. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so, before, before I get start get to Chris and Amy, Amy's coming to terms with the fact there's a ghost next door, and the wind is coming. Yeah, it really is. I'm still, like, I'm still thinking maybe. about that. I'm still thinking about that. Now you're wondering if that's the noises are really the wind. Well, no, I think the noises are the wind, but I'm I, I'm thinking about the legitimacy of ghosts now because <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a believer. I don't believe in. Should we give her a name? Ghosts. It's Rebecca. No, stop! <laughs> don't make don't legitimize this. No, but but like it 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 just it does blow my mind that multiple people have seen her and and left because of that. Yeah. Do you it? think it's a home? Like, is it? Is it like? Could it just be like a homeless woman? Well, did they see her because they saw her? I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm summoning her by not (laughs) believing. Stop talking about her. No, no, she actually wore. She wears white, and apparently, I don't know if you've ever been to the to the building. There's a beautiful staircase. There is. Yeah, it's a wonderful. I love the building. It was a brothel. It was a beautiful brothel. Yeah. And during the staircase, the woman will go up and down the stairs, and that freaked people out. Because she's she's this woman in white. So they would be there. So you're walking up the stairs, and a and a goat, and this beautiful woman in white will come down. But it's not always the thing with ghosts. Is in like they're always like the woman in white or the, the woman in black. They're never like. The girl in the jeans. And the, <laughs> the girl in the crop top. <laughs> the guy in the dickies with the, the button-up flannel. The yoga pants <laughs> and the, 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 the crotch. The, the, the naked man in the eyes. <laughs> that, I, would, I would stay for that, depending, depending on, on the man. <laughs> The guy just wearing bands. <laughs> just bands. So, yeah. so getting back to improv for a moment. <laughs> I'm going to keep bringing it back to the ghost. <laughs> so come to me. And, and Amy's going to have to be escorted to her car. And Jeff, you have, uh, you've had a long improv career. You've had a long... Uh, and you trained with Del Close back in the day. I did. I, I Well, first of all, I did comedy sports for many years. And then, and then I went to L.A. and I studied... Um, with uh, I.O. And, and Del Close came down and <laughs> and threw a cane at me and <laughs> taught us how to do improv, yeah. Why did Del throw, throw a cane at you? Oh, because I was doing me. Um, he, he assumed I was doing a character. Because I was just doing me. <laughs> I was just doing a character. And I was just being me because I, I drove there thinking, just be myself, just be myself. And I was with a friend of mine, Tom Hart, and I was like, okay, we're just going to be ourselves. We're going to be ourselves. And right off the bat, he just hated the character that I was playing. <laughs> he eventually ended up liking me, um, or <laughs> it took him a while, but uh, but he just didn't like the character that I was playing, which was just me. And and, uh, and he thought he thought I was he thought I was playing a character, and he didn't particularly care for it, and he wanted me to stop, <laughs> but I couldn't because it was just me. <laughs> so. Um, uh, uh, Bill Cott was there that that same day, and he kind of diffused the whole thing because once Del Close got mad, he just it was hard to get him back on track. This is this is uh, in his latter year, so uh, that's, that's so funny. <laughs> like, Del Close hates you because he thinks your character is. So <laughs> <laughs> he learned to love me, <laughs> and and that was that was back in Chicago. No, no, it was here in L. It, oh, well, so it was down in L.A. It was, and this was back in the '90s, in the early '90s. Um, 
Yeah, when, when I.O. was just starting in, in uh, California. We, we, were the first, uh, we were the first group that, that went through the whole program here in, uh, or here in California. And then, um, and yeah, and that was it. So we just kind of got things going here. Paul Valancourt was in charge at the time, and he had just moved from Chicago um, and got things going. Cool. So, Chris, you um, also have not originated in the in the Bay Area. You come from Chicago. I was. Uh, I've been in Chicago the last ten years. I was in Chicago before I moved to the Bay Area about a year and a half ago, and uh, fell into improv there. I fell for a workshop. It was like ten dollars to take a workshop and see a show at Second City, and that was on a Friday. Did the ten dollar workshop and then saw some improvisers at Second City. Saturday when registered for classes. Sunday I started classes and I never stopped improv since then. It's been like seven years or something like that. It was just it was a quick addiction for me. It's so much fun. And what prompted the move to the Bay Area? A job. I came out here. I'm an attorney by day and I had a, a job offer that was too good to be true out here. So I moved out here and I actually thought uh, I was going to have to give up or really slow down in improv. So I came out here to do the the law firm thing and be a lawyer at the big firm and figured I was uh, saying goodbye to improv and I stopped for maybe four months or something before I found a troupe down in Monterey that I was playing with and then uh, I discovered American Improv Theater up here when I was googling long form improv in San Jose mm. found this theater that, it's, it's the interesting thing because uh, you know outside of you know LA Chicago New York where people are you know actors working in coffee shops and things like that you know, in other parts of the world where improv isn't a career move if you're a performer, you know, it's, you know, you've got actors. Career move? <laughs> 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 you know, I got into improv. It's a Awful career move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, a lot of people have day jobs. And I, I, it's, I call it the kind of Bruce Wayne Batman effect where, you know, you have this Bruce Wayne life, which is the, which is the false life during the day of you being mm. an attorney. I'm sure you're a very good attorney. <laughs> uh, or, you know, or you're being whatever it is that you do, but you have this Batman thing, which is what you really love, which is the improv at night, and that's where the, the passion is. And I, what 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 I love about it is the fact that you can have people from for so many different backgrounds, and the thing that brings us all together is is improv. Uh, and you don't necessarily get that with sports. You don't even necessarily get that with theater. Um, but improv is is always been. It's really really part of this area too because this is not driven by theater this is driven by the tech industry mm -hmm. and the biotech industry so 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 many of the players that are here that are brilliant improvisationalists are really really good at what they do on stage their day jobs are chemicals or or Apple computers and Google and things like that. That's, Careful that's, pay them if you keep saying that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Name drop companies. But yes, yeah, they're, they're high-tech industry. So you're, you're grabbing people that are completely different or had no aspirations to be movie stars or to be, uh, to be on, on stage. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. And, you know, where you go to L.A. and everyone... You know, is <laughs> a showcase every yeah, night. Yeah. <laughs> First, <laughs> today I'm working flipping hamburgers. Tomorrow I'm going to be on Saturday Night Live. That's you know that's just and I, I don't mean in a fickle way, but that's just you know the nature of the beast. Yeah. Amy, what's your story? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, good lead in. <laughs> Relevant. Uh, I my my improv story. Or just just my my like general story. <laughs> Give it. Tell us what you want to share with us. Um, I don't know. I uh, I agree with you. Um, I like. I was talking to uh, one of the other players here, Carolyn, tonight, um, about how improv is. It, like it is kind of a nice worldwide community, um, where everywhere. Because I I did so I started doing improv in uh, at my college in San Luis Obispo at Cal Poly, um, and that was. Uh, really fun. It was just like that was where I met most of my friends. It was a good. That's how I got to travel to um, Scotland for the Fringe, and just like that's kind of where I like got my feet wet, um, so to speak. Uh, and and then that's why I moved to Chicago because I was like, oh, this improv thing is amazing. And I went to Chicago and I did that, and that that community was there. 
but that community is so different from what I was used to and you know everyone takes it very seriously there and I took it very seriously when I was there and then I think I got tired of taking it so seriously and so I moved back here where I was like okay there are people who are coming from all walks of life they're uh, you know they're engineers they're Victoria's Secret models they're like <laughs> like they're like it literally like spans it's it's crazy how 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 many people I've met doing improv here and like my my breadth of like fr like my diversity in friendship has like blown up where I'm like yeah I'm friends with so many different people that, that just don't fit in a room together unless you're like oh it's improv and so that's been really interesting and then I moved down to LA in August and I, I have been like seeing like the things like the UCB and the, the seeing shows at IO and seeing how they do it there and it is it's just different everywhere but like at the core it's just like all of these kids who are like I just want to play and like look at me and like you know it's like it's like a very it's like a very simple and pure thing um, that I think everyone kind of shares so no matter where you go you kind of plug in and I like that about improv um, I also do stand-up um, and that's the same thing but completely where it's like there's a everywhere you go it's like oh yeah this is the same and we're all the same but it's just the two don't always don't always mesh the two worlds don't always mesh um, I know a lot of stand-up comedians who are like fuck like can I say fuck can I say fuck yeah we're like fuck improvisers <laughs> yeah and I just think like improvisers are like the most annoying the most annoying people in the world and then improvisers like also are like stand-ups are sad and so it's like it's like these two worlds that are like like don't always mix and so I really like being the kind of like I kind of a lot of times I feel like um you know the uh, so I'm really into tarot and astrology. Uh, there's a tarot call, card called the Fool. I don't know if you guys are into tarot, uh, but it's like basically like I feel like like a like I don't feel like any sort of thing except I do feel like like a fool where I'm like I'm just like a jester and I just go from community to community and I just enjoy I enjoy the the games that we get to play and I enjoy making people laugh and I enjoy getting to like go up and like be a toilet and have somebody like you know. <laughs> So Shit in my mouth. <laughs> so con context, we, we, we did a show. Jeff, Jeff launched uh, we did the, the inaugural Jeff and Friends tonight, uh, which we had the pleasure of playing with. Mm -hmm. And you. you got to play a toilet seat. I did. Not, <laughs> which normally would make people go, oh, God, there was a, there was a poo scene. Which it wasn't it a was, poo scene. It, wasn't it was a poo actually scene. quite no. a, a highbrow scene. Right? <laughs> Very highbrow toilet scene. It was the scene. B day. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's <laughs> what this theater's all about. <laughs> it is. Highbrow High toilet scenes and ghosts. <laughs> but given you're afraid of ghosts, actually, after this podcast, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I'm what. not afraid of ghosts. I want to be very clear. I'm not afraid of ghosts. I just deny their existence. I believe in, I believe in spirits. But if. Hang on a second. What? You could deny their existence, I, but me, the tarot. I just <laughs> Because it's completely. Okay. You know, it's different. It's completely different. Do you know where tarot on. comes from? Uh, it's demonology. Yes. Well, but okay. What I so you don't have to believe necessarily. I hey. don't necessarily believe in ghosts and demons and things like that in the direct, literal sense. In order to use tarot, because how I use tarot, what I believe, is that you get whatever you need from it. So so long as you're like you're committed to the tarot. This is going off on a tangent. As long as you're committed to the The world must know. Like as long as you're committed to it, then you're going to get whatever you need from it. So like you're gonna flip a card and that card could mean jack all. Like it's like whatever. I don't like it's a fucking three of the chalices or whatever like I don't know what that means but it's like you say the average Joe off the street doesn't know what it means oh. and then you talk about it and as you're talking about it the person is like oh yeah that does make sense to my life because everyone's an everyone's a narcissist everyone's completely self-involved and they're like yes this is me this does apply to me so no you're not like you know calling to the demons below to be like give me this I mean some people believe that and that's fine and maybe there is a spiritual aspect to it, but I do believe that there is a lot of connectivity that happens within just your own neurology and your brain that makes it work as well. And that's kind of the thing that I subscribe to. When I'm it's kind of like, you know, we give out about religious groups and devout religiousness, but with spirituality, it's often a la carte spirituality. Mm -hmm. After this podcast, I'm going to explain to you where tarot comes from. Okay. <laughs> If you think the woman on the stage is upstairs to be scared about, wait, I tell you this. Thank oh, goodness, good. Chris is a lawyer, so he can. <laughs> yeah, you can you can mediate. <laughs> and it, 
it's, it's interesting actually just on the theme seeing as it's come up because <laughs> in Europe like Europe is older than America in terms of what? well it Joking. is <laughs> okay as in, in, in our, in our government <laughs> yeah we've been yeah. around a long time in Europe come on America's a what? 200 years old? a little, a little over yeah <laughs> well, which explains a lot Dublin alone is over a thousand years old um, so we've got a lot of ghost stories and things that go on and creepy things happening in theatres and things like that. And Improv Best Ireland, the theatre we run in is in a basement of a building that's been around since back in the revolutionary days of Ireland and that. And going into that theatre to lock up at night or open up in the morning is the most terrifying thing. <laughs> so when you're running for a week, you have 14 times you have to go into a dark, scary theatre uh, and turn on and off lights. And the, the thing I don't get about it is the light switch is not near the door. <laughs> the light switch in the theatre is up in the light <laughs> box, so you have to walk. Uh, this is nothing to do with anything. All this terror I've been carrying around. I feel like we we could we could edit this podcast in half and have like the improv <laughs> and, the, and, the, and, the, and the ghost, the ghost, 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 ghost improv. So we've talked a little bit about improv in the Bay Area, and you know and. As an outsider, as, as somebody who, you know, who doesn't have the luxury of being able to just go down and hang out in L.A. or, or wherever, or Chicago, and watch good stuff all the time, you know, I capitalize on my time in these areas. But you're, you're, you're living in the Bay Area, and you have this, um, in my eyes, wonderful, wonderful thing because the Bay Area is such a huge area. You, the three of you guys, you all teach. Um, but you don't have to subscribe to, say... I.O. way or the Second City way because you're not, you know, this is not I.O. or Second City and I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, you've got this beautiful best of both worlds that you can pick and choose, I guess, how, what you want your improv to be. And so how has that affected you guys in terms of your performance and the way you teach? I, I use it, the way I teach, I kind of explain the different philosophies. I know the three Chicago schools, Second City, I.O. and Annoyance are the places I train. And for me personally, when I improvise, I, I pick and choose what works for me and what uh, what I have fun with. It really, it's all about fun for me. I, mean, I don't want to follow any specific set of rules that's specific to a theater and just go up and do that. I want to do what's fun. That's why I do this. Uh, when I teach, I, I like to teach people the different philosophies from Second City or from I.O. Like, I.O. is very relationship-based and and uh, <laughs> being playing yourself or being one degree away from yourself or you get hit with a cane from hell close <laughs> as opposed to Shut annoyance up. where it's like you go out there and just take care of yourself and make big bold choices so I when I do it I run exercises that pick and choose from all three just yeah. so the students can get a taste and pick for themselves what works for them on stage it's all different tools for your toolbox out there mm, yeah absolutely yeah exactly I and mean, that's that's kind of what we did I and mean, you know I my my first uh, you know, I came from commie sports which is just wacky, wacky. Get out there and <laughs> yay, we're having fun. And then I then I went into I.O., which is the polar opposite. And I did that for many years. And so just doing the two of them, I, I, I the main thing that I learned was that improv is improv and that, that you draw from, from what makes you a good improvisationalist. And so what we what we subscribe here is pretty much that that same rule that this is this is this is this is this style, this is this style. What, what, what makes you comfortable? Where, where do you fit in? There's a lot of people here that, because we do primarily long form, there's a lot of people that I actually just say, you know what, you are so geared towards short form. You just want to have, you know, you just want to screw around. And so, uh, but, but people find what they are. We allow people to find their niche here. And that's the main thing that we're trying to, since, since everybody, all the teachers here are so diverse, like Erin is again, she she's based in short form, but she knows long form very very well, and so and that's what she teaches because she's teaching with you. So yeah. And you do both short form and long form. Right? We do. We we mix it up here. So because because everybody here that has come from a background of both, so we didn't want to be exclusive to one or the other. We didn't want to be exclusive to one group or the other. So. Even even when we're doing long form, it's not the annoyance or the I.O. long form. It's really, it's a mix. Even mixing those, uh, trying to create our our own our own art form for that given evening. 
Uh, we've <laughs> we created the 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 house team on Friday night created a, their own format, which, <laughs> for lack of a better term, Amy stool Amy, prop stool prop <laughs> created, created a format stool prop, which is combining um, uh, a lot of I/O stuff with with some annoyance stuff, and it, it the format is really so fun. It, they've really they've really taken it. As about as far as you can go with it, it's really fun. Chris is a part of that, and it's uh, so we're actually mixing we're mixing uh, philosophies constantly here. Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, you guys, I don't know. <laughs> that's, I, but that's kind of how I feel about Amy it. Amy came up with stool prod, by the way. <laughs> um, I coined the term. Stool prod. I, I think you're gonna have to explain what stool prod is. Um, I don't even. I, I mean, yeah, stool prod. It's it's like. Um, it's well. There are three stools, or actually, there's stools involved. However many you want, it's it's kind of up to you. But uh, you come out and you, you sit on the stools. And what what, what, what did we mix? We mixed well, one, one in short form game. If you, if you take um if you take a deconstruction, and you basically three it's a combination of a decon the old old deconstruction. I know the need the new deconstruction is uh, is beyond my poor little brain can handle, but. The old deconstruction, where you did a massive scene, like a long scene, and then you deconstructed it. Well, instead of taking that long scene, three people would just get out and, like, they're in a little booth, and would explain who they are. And of course, their their lives are intertwined with the other three people. And then we, the other players, would all just then we just kind of see. It's all based on relationships. Yeah, it's like a real world confession booth, except yeah. it's all there's three of us, and everyone's <laughs> confessing, and you kind of it's like a give and take of like you know I'm confessing, and then another person comes talking. You're not talking to each other, but you're talking to the audience. And then on a uh, stool, on a stool, <laughs> and it always has to be a stool, yes, otherwise absolutely, otherwise you're you're doing it wrong. And so then you're talking, and then. Uh, then you go and you cut away to the scenes, and then whenever you feel it, you come back and you recheck back in. It can be different characters on the stool, but you kind of talk about either what's happened or you talk about what happens next, and then you have like three beats of that, and then the final beat is usually the last. The last beat is on the stool. Yeah. And the whole time, you're, you're, it's all based on relationships. So every time you get on stage, it's you're, you're, trying, you're trying to solidify a relationship, and that's it. The, the plot will come. The plot will unfold naturally, especially because you're sitting on these duels every, at least three times. And by the end, to everyone that's involved, and it's usually six people, um, there's a whole plot that, that's, that accidentally unfolds or chaotically unfolds in front of us, and then we just kind of wrap it up at the end. It's, it's, it's actually a very simplistic format that, that uh, we came up with one night because we were combining... Different, different types of long form, and uh, and it actually works really well. It does. You get a complete story told, and the audience is on board, and they connect all the dots that maybe you didn't connect. <laughs> <in your laughs> scenes. But it, it's funny as much as you just connect the relationships with the other players out there. Just focus only on that. The whole story just unfurls itself, and then uh, usually there's a couple of us that uh, not us because I'm not saying I'm in that. There's a couple of players on the team that are very adept at buttoning everything up at the end. That yeah. would not be me. <laughs> but there are other people that uh, can button it up perfectly at the yeah. end. Um, tangential, um, what, are, what are audiences like in Silicon Valley? Hmm. Um, the, the, actually, the, the, the average audience is a mixture in the South Bay because it's di very, very different from San Francisco. Yeah, it really is. Because in San Francisco, you're you're getting in San Francisco is very similar, at least in my mind, to L.A. You're getting a lot of other improvisationalists or actors who are sitting in the audience, going, "I'm funnier than you," <laughs> that that have taken the same classes and they're there because they're that. In here, it's a mixture. It's a mixture of people that are in that have taken improv and doing improv, and they're part of the community, and so they're coming to see their fellow improvisationalists. Um, along with people that are just just family people that just want to do something different for the evening. And so it's 50-50. We did, all four of us did a show tonight, and it was about 50-50. 50 percent uh, of the people were just here just to have fun. They had n no want to ever take an improv class. They just want to see people doing something smart and funny. And that to me is is so... It's glorious to actually see that, to, or to be in front of those people, because 
we made their their week, their evening, whatever. They they have no intention of taking an improv class. They're terrified of it, but they left thinking that was so much fun. I, I love these people, and they'll come back again um, because we made their evening. We made their we made, it's something they'll talk about on Monday when they're at their whatever job there is at their nine to five job. So it's a mixture of of fifty fifty, and that that. 50% of people that will never take improv is is makes this so much so unique to the other big cities that we do improv in. One thing I noticed again and I, I, I noticed this the last time I was at as well for the festival uh, and maybe it's because you make it very difficult for people to leave after the show by <laughs> having the performers like stick wine. Yeah. But we have a lot of parties here. A lot of people um, a lot a lot of people came up and, and you know, just thanked you for being in the show. You know, and you know, it, it's it's very easy as you walk by the performers to say thanks very much, had a good time, and, and leave. But people like were coming up to, to to us after the show, thanking us, saying they had fun, or saying they. I know there's a lot of political change in the country, but saying they had fun, saying they leave it, and it just felt very sincere. It felt it felt very real. And I was saying back because we stood outside and you know after the show and people were naturally going to be going to say, but when we came in there those people coming up to us when we stood here and just for the benefit of people who can't see what we're saying we're sitting at the back of the room as far away from the exit as possible yet people were still coming up to us up here and thank you and that was wonderful that was really nice it made <laughs> me go oh, god I really hope I, wa- I was more than just talking to a little bit of a head trip <laughs> yeah. yeah and everyone else will hug you too and there's a lot of hugging going on in yeah. well isn't that great about improv the whole improv hug thing um, you do a scene with somebody you, they're a stranger, be it a workshop or a show, and afterwards you just want to hug them just to say thank you for not making me uh, have the insecurities that I have every other moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like a, there's an improv, I'm really bad at it. I'm terrible at the improv hug and the improv, I'm just not Like, I'm a great hugger, don't get me wrong. I love hugs and I love giving hugs, but they always happen kind of like, I, like, I just, I don't catch the wave, I get. Like, it's like, there's a thing that, that, like, after you, so it's like, this happens, and this has happened to me a few times in the recent past, and it's literally ruined shows for me, because I just, I think about it, and I feel so bad, but I'm, I'm on stage, and I'll, like, be doing a scene, and it's like, yeah, we're doing it, and it's really, really fun, and it, like, it's a really great, it's like, yeah, and then it's, like, one of the scenes where people are like, yeah, and they clap afterward, and so it's like, you both come off, and you're like, man, what we did out there was awesome, except that I don't have that thought. I come off, and I'm like... And I'm like immediately just like, yeah, okay. And then it's like, it like didn't happen. But like, not because it didn't, but I'll like, I'll think about it later. But like, when I come off stage, so like, but a lot of improvisers will like run off and then they'll do this. Like, I, I don't know how we can, I don't know how, what way I can show this, but like, they'll do this thing where it's like, and like, you'll like have this moment where you, where you like touch each other and you look at each other and you're like, yeah. And then, and, but but I don't do that. So it's like this thing where like I've like gotten off stage with people, and like they, I see from the corner of my eye them reach for me to go like, hey, and then I'm not there for it. And then they realize what's happened, and they're like, no, and then they kind of pretend like it didn't happen. And then I look, and I'm like, what was that? And then they're already gone. And then it's this moment of like, oh no, I've lost it. And then the whole show is fucked because I'm like, I just, I didn't receive, and I don't know. I feel like there's like a, it's an energy thing, and then I messed up the energy. I just want to point out that your example, even though this is a podcast, (laughs) even then you were socially awkward with it. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't care. Because it really, it's been, it's really been a point of, content, of like strife for me I, of, uh, recently. I, it's I happened so many times. Every, none of that will make it to the podcast, <laughs> but it's my favorite part of this evening so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely saying it. It's okay. I'm thinking ignorance is bliss because I didn't even know this was a thing. So now I'm worried that <laughs> yeah. I'm standing on the side and watching the show and somebody sitting next to me trying to give me a hug and I'm completely ignoring them. So now... <laughs> Now I'm gonna be in my head from now. You ruined improv so for me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so I'm retiring good. tonight. Oh yeah, just no one touch anyone ever again. But, you know, maybe maybe Amy's making a good point because we do have this assumption. Like I, I'm I'm a hugger when it comes to improv. I don't really hug in real life so well, but in improv I do because I have this thing of after a scene of like. 
thank you for not making me look like the fool that I think I am. <laughs> and my instinct is, now I'm always respectful with a hug, as you would be, but I never thought about the fact that other people are kind of like, ooh, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> and like, you're a very experienced improviser, and I, you know, certainly it's not something that would cross my mind. Um, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe this is going to... St- maybe ain't this Are right we now. starting... Is this starting Amy yet? has started a thing. I'm like, everybody's mm. sort of like, fuck you when it comes to... I've hugs. created a rift in the... In the, the space time In the force. <laughs> is it going to come to, like, uh, showboating at, like, a, somebody spiking a football after a touchdown or something? I mean, we save it for after the set and you can go hug backstage. Right? Yeah. You don't have a scene and yeah, be like, like, yeah, that. nailed that. <laughs> High five on the side. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it's like... <laughs> Maybe it'll take the attention away from, oh, short form versus long form. Oh, you do short form. Oh, you do long form. Maybe it'll be like, oh, hey, you, you and improv hug. hugger are not hugger. <laughs> Reddit right now is like, I'm not a hugger. It's not even a hug. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a pat. Like, I, like, it would happen a couple of times tonight with, uh, with really? Matt. God, God bless oh, him. Oh, Matt, yeah. Like, but he's, he's a hugger. Like, he's a good yeah. hugger, too. And, like, he gives great hugs. So, like, with him, it was like, I don't know, like, I expected it. So it was like, yeah, we got off and, like, we did the thing. And it, it was like, it was very fun and it was cool. And I like it. I like it when I think to do it. And I think that he's just such a, like, he's such a big man that it's like, you can't miss a hug from Matt. Like, you, it's like, you, there's no way I can miss that. Like a grizzly. Like, yeah, he's a big grizzly bear. So, so it's like, oh yeah, I know this is coming. So I'm like, yeah. But when it's when I don't see it coming and then I've missed it and then I feel terrible because I wish I would have been there. That's the part that, that always gets me. Because I would. I absolutely would. So if, I if urge I everyone listening to hug Amy every time <laughs> Every time we improvise together. When you're on the Bart, just hug her. Just hug That's me. Randomly. <laughs> I do. I love hugs, though, so you can hug me. I just so, may not return it because I may be somewhere else. <laughs> so when you hug Amy, she might just keep her hands down her side. <laughs> Don't take it personally. I guess that's the that's the takeaway. Take Don't it. take my my lack. It's just it really is just a lack of attention, so. <laughs> inability to understand what's no- going on. <laughs> All it is. The noise you make. (laughs) 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 So, uh, the three of you guys are teachers. So, I do like to ask people on the podcast, what's your improv tip? So, um, let me give some context. So, uh, maybe it's something you're teaching at the moment. Maybe it's something you see as bad habits or with students. Just maybe a tip or an exercise, something you want to share with the group of some of you. Uh, my my kick right now is just about relationships and reacting mm. to whatever the person just said. Mm. Listen to what they said. When I say listen, I'm not even talking about words. It could be look at the expression on their face or some movement, but figure out how that impacts your character and react as emotionally as you can to that. And that's all you have to do is just react to the other person and, and make it clear to the audience. If it's to be excited or angry, whatever it is, just react. So when somebody says... Uh, everybody says, I love you, or something simple like that, and people swoop right over and go do something else. No, listen, react to that. That person just told you they love you. Be repulsed, be excited, whatever it is, just in, just in, react to it. And I, that's my big kick right now, is teaching people to react to what was just said. I think that's the, yeah, that's my biggest thing right now. That's cool. Yeah, since since you you took mine, um, I'll, say, it's a, it, I'll say that it's just the gift that you give, the and that you give, is about right now. How do I feel about that person right now? So the and that you give is about now. It's not about the past or the future. It's about right now. And so giving them something on how you feel about them so they can react to that. Because that's, that's my big thing right now. Because everyone seems to talk about what, you, what we're going to do or what everything. If you talk about right now, how I feel about that person right now, that's the greatest gift that you can give somebody. So, um, and I, and I'm, I, Chris and I are on, on a, on the same wavelength. It's all about the relationship. How do I feel about that person right now? This is the greatest gift that you can give somebody. <laughs> we took it. And Amy, what's the brilliant thing you're going to say? I know. I was, the whole time you guys were going, I was thinking about how I regretted not going first. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I, I like. I think for me, it's just very like a very simple like just like breathe, <laughs> you know. But like, but but really, like it's. I think it's there's uh, what we were talking about earlier before we started recording about just like 
there are a lot of rules and there are a lot of schools that you can go to and there are a lot of things that can like put you in your head and I think that those are all good things to have but once you get up on stage you have to forget everything you've learned mm. and just trust that you know it and go f like that's the thing it's like you can't think yourself into anything good so 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 just get up so it's like I think it really is just as simple as like remembering to breathe and like be on stage and then jump in before you feel like you're ready like that's it's just like keep jumping in especially when you don't feel like you should like or not not like you should because then you would just ruin scenes but like you know when you're like when you can feel I think everyone as an improviser or just as like a, a person generally can, has this feeling of like timing where you can sense when when a scene needs help or when a scene needs something and I say just jump in when you know it needs something without knowing the something that it needs because so long as you jump in with a strong choice that is not denying anything that's already been set up then it will be the something that it needs you know because because everyone on stage should should support that I think so so just you know just take take it easy take it easy and relax <laughs> take and it have a good have time fun. Have, have fun have fun love each other on that have fun that's why I tell the teams when I'm coaching a team or when it's a class and it's right before their show I tell them forget everything you just learned if you've been working on a long form some kind of new long form I always tell them right before the show when everybody's nervous because they haven't really performed before it's fun first and form second just go out and have fun yeah. forget everything have fun, and the rest is all there. It'll just all come into place. <laughs> it's like, it's like that Matt, thing is the most fun. <laughs> <laughs> Matt threw that in my face tonight, because the, the thing that I've always taught was that um, if you're coming to have a good show, turn around and go home. If you're coming to have fun, then come on down and, and do a show, because you'll always have fun, but you won't always have the show that you want. So by, But by having fun... You will always succeed at having fun, and you'll have a good show. But by you'll never, you'll always falter at having a good show, which will lead to you not having fun. So, always, so always have fun. So true. So one last question. Uh, the question is: What have you seen recently, improvised, that has been fun for you? What what's excited you? What is maybe you sat in the audience and forgot you were an improviser for a moment and just enjoyed the show? This comes with a caveat, and it can't be an American Improv Theater show or a house <laughs> game. It's going to be our show tonight. <laughs> no. And it's not a popularity thing, so you don't have to say, oh, God, it's DJ and Dave, because I love them, even though I haven't seen them in a few years. You know, it's not that. <laughs> it's something you just, something that's in your mind at the moment, or recently. That we just, like, um, yeah, something you saw randomly. Yeah. And you just, just enjoyed us, it for a while. Made us, um, inspired us. Yeah. Amy, you can go first this time. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I haven't been seeing many shows. I'm trying to, I'm like racking my brain for the shows that I have seen as of late. Um, why can't I think of anything? Um, I, I don't know. I, uh, the, on, so the only thing that I can think of right now, it's like, it's just a literal joke that happened in a show. <laughs> Because uh, I, I think about it, I still think about it every once in a while, and I'm like, God, that was so funny. Um, it was, uh, I was at, down in, in Los Angeles, and I was uh, seeing a show at a place called The Clubhouse, which I love The Clubhouse a lot. It's like a lot of indie groups come, and it's just like, it's just a fun, it's just a fun place, and like, I don't know, everybody's high, and like, it's just so much fun to, to like be there and just, just enjoy. Um, and my friend, uh, my friend has a sketch group uh, from Chicago and they were doing a show uh, there and it was uh, they were just like I, I don't like I couldn't even I don't even know what their name is so this is going to be not beneficial for anyone but like uh, they were doing this they were doing this scene where uh, it was like it, it was the stupidest thing they're like they all had um, they were at a restaurant and the 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 waiter came out and he, they were talking about steak and he's like oh yeah I'll take the I'll take the steak or whatever it is and he was like oh and it was a complete misstep where he was just like okay how would you like that cooked? would you like it uh, and he, and it, and he said it in such a way that no one else caught it but he was like would you like it uh, raw or 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 rare or medium or well done and without even missing a beat my friend just goes oh raw <laughs> and like it, I don't know why but it was one of those things that no one else caught that he had said raw. 
because it was so stupid because why would you do that but then the fact that he caught it and then said it it was one of the funniest things i've seen i like i don't laugh very much because i've seen so much comedy and it was one thing that like made me laugh so much i think because it was just one of those very like in the moment things of like oh i heard that and i want that and it was like what is the most ridiculous choice i could make in this moment and in that <laughs> moment it was just so silly to me um, it might have also been because I was very high at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I don't know, it was just like, it was a very fun show. Uh, they were just very dynamic, and it was just like a group of people who've been playing together for a really long time, and you knew that they knew each other really well so that they could like, they could like mess with each other and they could, you know, kind of like read each other's minds. And so it was just that very nice when you get into a flow of something. And so that's, and that's why it's like, I love watching people who know each other really well do improv because then it's like a whole other, it's a whole other level of like intimacy that you're getting to kind of see. Just as a disclaimer, we're not promoting to anyone listening that you need to be high to enjoy <laughs> improv. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Mm-hmm, anytime. Jeff, Chris. Do you have one? Uh, yeah, there was a, it was a bar prop show, and it's one of my favorite scenes ever. This was in Chicago, and uh, it, was, it was at a bar, and the, the stage was set up in front of this big window, and the team was doing a scene on the stage, and somebody was getting kidnapped or something, so they were tied up, and he decided he wanted to try to escape, and he escaped right outside of the bar, out the door, out into the street, and the other, <laughs> the other two people in the scene chased him out into the street. So they're doing this kidnapping scene out in the middle of the street in Chicago. And we're all watching through the window out on the street. And people are walking by are like, what the hell is going on? And they were so committed to that scene. And it was just so funny to watch this thing play out like a silent film now through the window. <laughs> out of the street. Where he's like trying to hop away. And they're, they're pretending like they're throwing him into a trunk of a car that was parked right outside. <laughs> the reaction to the crowd going by was just... It was amazing. It was like watching a silent film all of a sudden. And that's why I would, I would love to be able to be that committed and have that much fun rather than the balls to go out into the street and continue a scene when the public and maybe the police or whoever knows who's walking by get involved. But it was, it was so fun to watch. That, that kind of freedom was just so amazing. It was very do, you amazing. The, do you remember the group name? Uh, dog, bad dog, dog, lost dog. Lost dog. Lost dog. That's always a fun thing when that fourth wall is broken into pieces and, you know, because you know, we, you can see brave groups who go into the audience, and that's kind of risky. But to actually go ahead into the street—that's pretty awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> you did that in one of your shows here at the at the festival here. Uh, the two of you, you and uh, yeah, you and John, Joe, you are all over the place. We always try to. Uh, if we can, we always try to break the fourth wall. We don't want to force force it. You were all over the audience. <laughs> you were in a submarine in my audience. We were in a submarine in the audience. In Jeff's <laughs> audience. And there was somebody who was in the audience. I don't know what. I'll let you tell the story. We were very concerned about a particular audience member that we unknowingly this. got very close to. I don't remember. There was a guy that was kind of acting... There was, oh, that's right. there was somebody with a new... Oh my gosh, that's right. You were in a submarine. And you decided, you, you personally chose to decide to stand next to a guy who had some like, uh, Tourette's. I, I, I didn't see that from the stage because of the lights. So I didn't know that. That's in my we had We had spoken to him already. He had bought a ticket and he was rather, you could, he was rather agitated before the show that the lights were going up and down. And then you standing next to him. And yelling submarine commands did not do him well. <laughs> I thought he was gonna punch you. <laughs> that was a. <laughs> I was in a total panic. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, Anytime. Uh, I think that the, the two things that I wanted to wanted to say was that um, owning a theater now that I, I've I've kind of and now that I'm an older man. Um, I remember in my twenties. I was always concerned about trying to do a, you know, to be something that was recognized during a show. And I noticed that now I, I, I could care less when I get on stage. I could care less. Um, and and I, I, I like tonight. Tonight I got on stage with a bunch of people that have so much experience and so much talent, and it was just so fun just to to watch what was happening in, in front of me and to unfold. And 
I really didn't have to perform. And I didn't even try to perform, to, to be honest. I, I just was watching everybody having a good time. And, and to me, uh, that's, that's, I, I feel like I've kind of come full circle as a, as a, as a performer at, and actually as a teacher. I just, now I just, uh, I come here and I watch people, I watch people's talents unfold. I have one of one of my uh, one of my students now is one of my performers, and I think that in in so many other groups he would have been told he wasn't good enough because he was he's an engineer he's very much in his head, and now all of a sudden the stuff that comes out of his brain and and that he says is so brilliant, and he's on my house team now. I I killed watching this kid every night and he's a kid he's in his I don't know how old he is he's in his 20s and for me that's a kid um, and watching him perform every night is is amazing because I would never ever talk like that I don't have that kind of brain I'm not that smart uh, I don't have I, I'm not that clever and he's so smart and so clever because he's he's an engineer and he's the things that come out of him is just so perfect and I think that that to watch that unfold is there's nothing more fun to sit back and watch people like that 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 aren't that aren't actors that aren't uh, that, that haven't gone to to Juilliard you know? <laughs> they went to MIT <laughs> instead and they're just watching them get up on stage and show their brilliance in a totally different form is is so much fun for me. Awesome. Amy, Jeff, Chris, thank you very much. Thank Yay. you. <laughs>